Contrary to what Randy Newman said, nobody has a friend in me. I hate you all. Uh, welcome to another end. We're back. Another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. And uh, unlike that note, we are actually doing something a little positive We're and uplifting. something happy today. You yeah. turned out the, the, the most just antagonistic <laughs> opening in the history of our podcast. Where did that come from? Because we just got finished talking about the Hellboy and how we're going to have to fight all oh, of their the fans. argument. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's where it was coming from. There it is. But, well, yeah. at least you're not vindictive. <laughs> and a... <laughs> We thought for a fun little weekend romp, and we this will be a positive and uplifting show. I just wanted to... That was funny. I'm sorry. Uh, we thought we'd do a top five, and in honor of Disney's Dumbo being remade... Look, to be honest with you guys, if you've listened to any of our MMO Weeklies, you listen to any of the lead-up we've done, any times we've previewed that, Mike and I both are very fearful of reviewing that movie. Uh, probably, at least based on early reviews, with good reason. It's getting kind of polarizing reviews. It's certainly not getting universally glowing reviews across the board from people that have our early access to it. So we figured in lieu of just reviewing Dumbo, seeing as it's going to be the highlight of the weekend, so every podcast out there is going to review Dumbo, we would give you instead our top five Disney animated movies and songs. So it's kind of a two-for-one top five episode. We figured it'd be a little uplifting, a little playful, a little fun. We also are doing it as a means of kicking off uh, a big series rewatch, right, Mike? Yeah, this is a big announcement from us, Mike. We are going to do an entire Pixar series rewatch. Yeah. So this is going to be fun. I'm glad that we have this Disney-adjacent episode to kind of make this announcement because this Pixar rewatch is something we've been batting around and arguing about and hence having awkwardly angry openings <laughs> to our episodes about because it, it means a lot to us. We love yeah. the films of the Pixar universe. There are 20 of them, and we're going to not cover them in 20 episodes we don't think yet. We don't have everything nailed down. God willing, we won't. But right now, we're going to do the Toy Stories in their own episodes, and we're going to do the series kind of in their own episodes. So we'll have a Finding Nemo, Finding Dory episode. We'll have a Monsters, Inc., Monsters University episode, etc., etc. We may batch a few more together. We may keep the rest separate, the standalone films. But I've had Pixar films in my top twos in the last ten years. With many good reason. Cases. Yeah, with absolutely good reason. So four major features uh, of this Pixar rewatch for different segments than we do in a normal Oscar Sprint Profile movie event or retrospective are going to be we're going to discuss the history of the Pixar company, Mike, which I think is cool because there's a couple books out there. It goes back to Steve Jobs. Uh, they're just a little graphics shop, and then Steve Jobs goes in there and he goes, I think you guys could be bigger. And <laughs> Yes, get, Mr. Jobs! <laughs> they get bigger. <laughs> Mike, there are the 22 rules of Pixar storytelling. This is big in screenwriting circles, and we're kind of going to identify those rules throughout these rewatches. We don't know if we're going to do one or two here or there, if we're just going to have you memorize them verbatim. There will be a test. And we think that we're going to really enjoy that aspect of it uh, from a screenwriting perspective and bottom line is Pixar movies are like happy pills for the both of us yes and we like happy pills and they, they just make us laugh a lot they, they've always been movies that just brighten our mood so we're going to tell you why that's the case why are they happy pills for us and 
Last but not least, they can also make us cry. They can break us emotionally. These Pixar films, <laughs> not can have. They they bre- <laughs> they've broken me on multiple occasions. I want to tell you where and when that happens when we do our spoiler section. Toy Story Three is the most harrowing watch in the history of cinema. <laughs> it is. It was Tarantino's. Yes, top one of his top. I think it was his top movie that year. So yeah, it was look, mine for those reasons specifically. More generally, we think Pixar. Obviously, this isn't going out on a limb. It's a very special brand. It's a very unique brand of cinema. In the lead up to Toy Story 4, which we've talked about, previewed a couple times already, the previews are starting to roll out. We're going to be talking about it all year because it's going to contend for animated feature, as its predecessors all have. Uh, We figured this was a good way to kind of have a running through line through all of these episodes. So unlike other series rewatches where we're doing one movie or two movies per episode, we figured we'd go kind of franchise by franchise. And instead, the through line would be not only the big business side of Pixar, what makes Pixar Pixar. Mm-hmm. We'd include the screenwriting stuff, those 22 rules of Pixar. Uh, it's really a unique look at what makes those films so goddamn impactful, and it's annoying that they're so good at it. <laughs> it is kind of annoying that they're so great at it. Damn it. And that's the cause. Hire the, me. <laughs> the other side is the effect, which makes us feel happy, and makes us feel solemn, and makes us worried and sad, and True. that'll be kind of the, the kicker in all the spoiler sections getting us up and down, and most importantly to all this, and like with most things we do we're hoping that it's a conduit for you to talk to us and tell us about your experiences with pixar films in general we are usually positive in the respect retrospectives we do and we've had two our most recent hellboy notwithstanding don't judge us (laughs) hellboy and pet cemetery we came down hard on like a ton of bricks but we're doing those you know leading into the remakes correct right they have casts of hundreds of human beings mike yeah Pixar makes a movie about a lamp or a toy <laughs> cowboy, an inanimate object, and that breaks us emotionally. Yeah, so yeah. there's something to that, something and we're going to gonna try to figure out through a history, uh, a, a series of episodes what exactly that is. Maybe we pinpoint it, maybe we don't. There's a lot of stuff that Mike and I have talked about with regards to this series that we kind of don't know how we're going to do it until we do it. So mm-hmm. if you can, if we do something one way, and again, caring about what you want to see in here, if we do something wrong, one way and you think it could be done better a different way or you're more interested in finding something out a different way certainly bring that up to our attention too we'd love to highlight that and bring it up and we'll usually talk about look every comment that we get on social media which is getting to be an ordeal since we're growing but every comment we get mike and i usually will banter about and at least bring up if not talk about attention during (laughs) somebody giving me attention if not talk comment on during an episode so we think this is going to be fun we hope it's going to be awfully interactive it's going to certainly be time consuming and again toy story 4 is going to be one of the probably the two or three biggest box offices of the year i would think i think so so this is kind of it deserves a big lead up it's going to win a lot of awards i would assume as well at the oscars so we're just giving it its proper due and i'm looking forward to this personally and i'm looking forward to seeing exactly where we land on certain things and how, how they come about I think it fits our brand, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, because most of these are Oscar movies. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) It's great screenwriting, great storytelling. Let's figure out why, and let's really break it down, and let's look at it from behind the curtain and uh, obviously on the page and and then break down the movie. It's going to be fun. So with all that said, that's what's forthcoming, and we kind of want to put that announcement at the forefront. Obviously... This is the prequel. Well, this is the other side of Disney, right? Since they've been so focused on their Pixar films in the last, say, 15 years... 
And of course, the Pixar films have taken a lot from these Disney and vice versa. Absolutely, films. absolutely. And so this is the other side. Since we won't be highlighting the Disney animated studios films, we figured this would be a good couple of top five episodes where we talk specifically and only about the Disney animated films. So this is our top five again, top five movies for Disney animation studios. No Pixar films allowed. Right. And we're also doing our top five songs from Disney animation studios films. Again, they tie in beautifully with Oscars. They tying beautifully yes. when we talk about box offices so we have all that stuff and more we wanted to have a quick rundown of some of the big big names in disney animation studios history so that's where we're going to start this episode off i've divided i've taken it upon myself no need to thank me mickey <laughs> to divide the history of disney animation studios into five separate categories and eras it's a timeline yeah an era is a good way to put it mike knows the word that i can't think of ever <laughs> You think of Oscar categories. <laughs> it's an Oscar category, and we go on seven red carpets to get there. Pretty much, yes. So we start, with the, I, I named them the classics, the doldrums, our childhoods, Mouse 2000, and post-Pixar purchase. That's kind mm -hmm. of the eras and the timeline of Disney Animation Studios. The classics is the first one we'll highlight here. For me, the classics run from 1937 to 1961. 1937 was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It was Disney Animation Studios' first official feature-length film. I can't believe that. Yeah, right? I remember seeing it in, like sometime in the early 90s, and I was like, this seems like it was just made. And then you go back in history and look that they had this capability in the 30s, for Christ's sake. Really mind-blowing stuff. They draw good. <laughs> Dude, they know what they're... They're on to something down there in Florida, I tell you. Uh, so, yeah, the classics running 1937, 1961. During this time, Disney Animation Studios was kind of pumping out at least a film a year, sometimes two films a year. Sure. Really no worse than one film every other year. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, the original Dumbo, 1941s, obviously. Bambi, The Three Caballeros. Arrows, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians. Those are the headlining names and the headlining movies that came out during that stretch of 37 to 61. That's a decent resume. Huge hits. <laughs> Huge. If there, if there was a best animated film category, they would win all of yes. them. They probably should have been nominated in the best picture category likely, yeah. if the Oscars knew what the hell to do with any mm -hmm. of them. It's amazing the these classics that have lasted to this day. Watch so much to this day. I mean, that is the uh, the foundation for a very large company. Isn't and it, Mike? imagine if that was like just what you've done so far in Hollywood. That's more than enough. But no, those are like what eight to ten names of another fifty something that amazing. this that this studio has done over time. Yeah. So the doldrums. This era you have from 1963 to 1985. I took umbrage to that nomenclature. It's probably poor. You told me not to take umbrage to it. As so I usually do. Why, why am I not supposed to get mad at that? Well, I called it the doldrums because for whatever reason, Disney seemed to go more towards live action pictures okay more so than and uh, so animation studios wasn't really at the forefront they went from making a picture every year every other year to really having three and four years in between releasing animated features and it was kind of a stark moment because up until the early 60s it was every year with disney animation now you had like the, the, the swiss family robinson you had the mary poppins in this era this this is the era that they kind of were concentrating more on live action stuff so we didn't get the animation wasn't as frequent, but it was still, the doldrums is not to desecrate the quality of animated picture. I see. So, yeah, okay. So the, the, the sword in the stone, the jungle book 
the aristocrats, Robin Hood. I'm going to say the movies I really love louder than the other ones. I appreciate The that. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, uh, The Rescuers, The Fox and the Hound, The Black Culture. You didn't like Fox and Hound? It's fine. Fox and Hound broke me as a little kid, dude. It's good. Yeah, I watched really my little me. brothers. Yeah. It's fine. Black Culture, I never got into. I, I don't know if I've ever seen it. No? Maybe. The maybe giant once. dragon one? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, All so right, you didn't leave fine. an indelible mark. No, yeah. not really. Uh, Mike and I's childhood picking up from there. So this is the area I, I titled 1986 <laughs> to 1998. Uh, so you named an entire era of the Disney after our formative I feel years. Like in, you basically put it in our POV. In the power ranking of importance to Disney, there's like Walt. I spit out my water in the air before he started talking. Mickey and Minnie, and then Mike and Mike. Right? We're like a solid... 3A, 3B. After the classic <laughs> era, the doldrums, the art when we were kids. Well, I'm t- the collective, I like to think people listening to this hour, the royal hour. And if not, then yes, I'm arrogant and I'm just talking about me and Mike. Uh, 1986 to 1998, the great mouse detective, Oliver and Company, underrated song attached to Oliver and Company, by the way. We'll sure. get to that. The Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan. These are all the films that we all stayed home sick and watched. My list is going to skew towards these <laughs> films. There's no doubt about it. Because, you know, I'm growing up. I'm a little kid. Yeah, of course. This era. These are your formative years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, the Mouse 2000. You like that? What you call That's branding. The next uh, era here. 1999 to 2005. Tarzan, Fantasia 2000. Dinosaur, The Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Lilo and Stitch, Stitch, uh, I've always had a problem saying that. Yeah, go Stitch. Now I'm a teenager. You sound like Stitch. I'm a teenager now, Gary Kane. <laughs> treasure, treasure Planet. Why all these S's? I was going to say, yeah, it's not just. I'm a teenager. Yeah. I yeah. can't say yeah, S's. Brother Bear, Home on the Range, and Chicken Little. <laughs> um, I don't know about you. Again, taking this from my POV, there was a definite stopping point in my mind to like when the newest disney animated became like so must see Mm -hmm. tarzan for me was like the last one and when they got to like fantasia 2000 i don't think i've ever seen dinosaur i don't think i've ever seen treasure planet or brother bear those were like the ones that i was getting a little too old to appreciate yeah i I think i seen dinosaur i mean i had younger brothers so i seen all these but like the imperative to me for me to love them right after, after, I didn't even like Tarzan that much, I remember. I they mean, it was fine. They aren't as beholden to your upbringing. Phil Collins has a draw on me that's mysterious, and... If you had one word to describe it, what would it be? Susudio? There you go, thank you. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, good job. You've learned. I think Phil Collins is a... He does a great job with that soundtrack. We're going to get into it. I'm going to talk about that. Post-Pixar purchase, so the official Disney and Pixar obviously have their roots going back to one another. This should be the doldrums, no? Well, yeah, probably. They've certainly gone less and less throughout the current years because so much of Disney's resources have been put into Pixar films. If I was being waterboarded... And somebody was like, it's Meet the Robinsons, a Disney Animation Studios filmers at DreamWorks. I would I would guess, and I might die, live or die. You'd pay under pain of death, I would not. That would be a hell of a way to go. <laughs> like, well, how did he die? You're not going to believe this. Meet the, he didn't know shit about Meet the Robinsons. So post-Disney, the official Disney Pixar uh, acquisition happened in 2006, or 2007, depending on what date you want to believe. Right. Obviously. 
obviously, like I said, Disney and Pixar were intertwined prior to that date, about a decade going back. So from 2006, 2007 until now, we have Meet the Robinsons, Bolt, The Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Winnie the Pooh, Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, Big Hero 6, Zootopia, Moana, Ralph Breaks the Internet, the latter three or four there, I think I've seen about 10,000 times each, yeah. thanks to my young niece and nephew. Niece and nephew yeah. there, so that makes sense. I mean, these are good. These are good movies. Uh, it started out pretty rough there. Yeah, yeah. Meet the Robinsons, I have no frame of reference for, like you said. Bolt, never seen. Princess and the Frog, I've seen. It's not bad. It's actually pretty entertaining. It's not bad. It's just, it's not good. I mean, it's a monumental moment. Sure. Well, industry. absolutely. Yeah. Like for, without question. For, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But I don't. I don't remember if it's a good movie or not. I don't remember it. We're talking fifty-seven total films from Disney Animation Studios. Forty of them currently sit with at least a seventy-five or higher, according to Rotten Tomatoes critic scores, wow. meaning that they either are or at one point should have been considered to be certified fresh. If that ranking means anything to you, That's their crazy. last eleven films. So we're talking from Meet the Robinsons, ironically enough, in two thousand seven to last year's Wreck It Ralph two. Ralph breaks the internet. They have averaged over five hundred and forty-four million dollars per film in the worldwide box office. Not a bad day's work, and have pulled in a total. All these last 11 films totaling nearly, I think it's like $5.98 billion in total. Just Disney animated properties, mind you. Wow. We're not talking about the Pixar end. Disney knows how to print money. That's incredible. And, you know, it's based on just telling great stories and, and, and selling them to families and selling them to everybody and making it imperative that a lot... Like, because we went through that list and we out of those 57 total films... I've probably seen 56. Yeah, right? Them. Isn't that crazy? In all honesty, I've probably seen 56 of them. Yeah, no doubt. No, it's it's crazy how you, you know, like every other adolescent growing into teenage years, you kind of become too cool for anything. But taking that aside, how much a part of all of our lives every year of our life have Disney animated studios kind of had hallmark moments within our upbringing. Uh, if you want to count inflation into these numbers, which that $6 billion does not do, uh, that's all before inflation. If you include inflation, the highest grossing Disney animation studios film of all time is also what would be the 10th highest grossing domestic box office of all time adjusted for inflation. That would be Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which adjusted for inflation would have done $984 million domestically. Huh. <laughs> You're going by today's Using the same adjusted for inflation numbers, eight of the top 81 highest domestic grossing films of all time, adjusted for inflation again, are products of Disney Animation Studios that include Snow White, which is number 10, the 101 Dalmatians original, which is number 12, Fantasia at 23, Jungle Book and Sleeping Beauty are numbers 33 and 34, respectively, Pinocchio is 44, Cinderella number 62, and Lady in the Tramp number 81. So eight of the top 81 highest grossing domestic box office films of all time. All time, not just animated, not just whatever right ever period disney animated studios one studio yeah my god not bad not bad work if you can get it and the one movie i have not seen is tangled i've never seen Tangled. you've never seen tangled never seen tangled i don't have nieces or nephews i don't think i looked through that list i've seen the rest you can you can you're okay you you don't have to the song looked kind of interesting because i watched the song today it's fine (laughs) watch shrek A Disney Animated Studios. Like a Disney Animated Studios movie. <laughs> and that's your advice. All right, so let's get into it now. Mike and I, we're going to do our top five rankings. Obviously, the reason we do this is because we want to hear your top fives as well. And if we share any of the close rankings with yourselves out there. So we're going to rattle off, I guess, some honorable mentions first before we get into this, Mike. 
My honorable mention is Frozen. You are a respectable and responsible grader, and that's why you have one honorable mention compared to mine 17. Well, that's cool, because <laughs> I, I, may, I might uh, concur with a couple of your honor, honorable mentions. But it's Frozen because I've seen it just the once, and I loved it so much, and I thought it was really breaking new ground with screenwriting and with tr- you know uh, tropes, all these fairy tale tropes that have been so long established, especially in this brand. It's that is the printed cool money that it kind of even came that close to breaking in your all time top five. And I just absolutely uh, I loved it on that one watch, so it didn't have time enough to break in. I would say, but I, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I like a lot of these movies too. So I'm interested to hear your honorable mentions. I was a big fan of Lilo and Stitch. I think I only saw it the one time when it came out, but I loved the Stitch character so much. <laughs> that's that's my inner monologue. So <laughs> I, I can relate to that. Moana. I don't know whether it's because of my niece or because it's a good movie or because I am that obsessed with The Rock. That music is very catchy. What can I say except you're welcome? Yeah. Mu- it's very catchy. I mean, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda music. It is, yeah. I wish they'd let him do more on Mary Poppins. Uh, Sleeping Beauty as well. Uh, I put it on an honorable mention. I, I thought I was going yeah. to have that in my top five. That's the one I'm most surprised didn't make the cut. As a little, little kid, apparently, I was obsessed with that movie. That makes sense. I mean, it's, it's everything you want for a little kid, right? You got right. The, the damsel in distress. You got the big hero prince, the giant monster there. Yeah. My parents didn't buy a lot of movies for me. They just made me watch the same ones over and over again. But I think, I think I wanted to. I think you've made up for that. <laughs> <laughs> Go it, ahead, didn't for, it didn't formulate the rest of my life at all, Mom or Dad. Well, about, don't worry about it. What was your number five best Disney Animation Studios film? Speaking of childhood, watch it a thousand times. Yeah. The Jungle Book. I mean, this was the movie for me that I watched a hundred thousand times every morning through a whole phase of development. Like there's Piaget's phases of development during the whole whatever phase that was for four, three and a half years old. I watched The Jungle Book every day. I uh, I did not expect to get a psychology lesson here today, but yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> I don't know which phase they're they're named after very awkward things. Like this is the fecal phase. This is the no, no, not the fecal phase. I hope it wasn't the fecal phase where I love the jungle book, but it was, whatever phase it was, it's I was like the uh, the oral fixation phase, right? And like the anal, the anal fixation phase. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I told you, there's definitely it's not, the, it's not the shit phase of upbringing. There's really the awkward names to the Piaget's method or whatever phase. All of I remember from psychology class, for the most part, is that the term penis envy was created and coined by a woman whose last name was Horny. I always thought that was funny. Why? I don't know. My number five. <laughs> speaking of horny no number five for me snow white and the seven dwarves i remember i took until like i was nine or ten to actually watch this and it was one of the films that i always bugged my mother about seeing because she would talk about it and i just wanted to see it and it was just because disney does what they do with putting things in and out of the vault at that time it just wasn't available to be seen so once it was finally available i was like ready and giddy and i remember just loving it so so you went to disneyland or disney world and oh yeah you also good uh, recall the crap scared out of you up until i was ride. like 12 that ride the snow white ride which may not even be there at disney world scared the living shit out of me and i even went the second time after being scared as a young five-year-old i went when i was like eight and i was like i got it this time man i'm not gonna scare me that witch is gonna turn around i'm gonna laugh in its face i'm ready that witch turned around i dove into my mother's lap so hard that's when you're very young it's like i was stealing third in the world series game <laughs> <laughs> so that's when you're very young but no i'm i'm, I'm talking 12 years old because you told the story recently when you were 10 years old you're watching scream correct yes so 12 years old you're still getting startled or you're acting like it didn't scare you 
I'm not, um, I think this is a psychological term as well, normal. <laughs> oh, like all the other normies. <laughs> What's your number four? The Little Mermaid. And Why I have not? a brief story. Your your roommate, college roommate, is my brother, John. <laughs> yes. you, were, you were the dirty roommate. Not by choice of his or mine, yeah. You were the <laughs> the, the un- least clothed roommate whenever I would visit. All right, let's take it easy, huh? When I came to visit, I you were the one that was most disheveled and unpresentable. <laughs> Can I keep going? <laughs> this is my favorite part I didn't of like, the I didn't like leaving my room much, yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> Mike, my brother was is a, a, a box of a man. He's, he's stout. Yeah. The, to all of us uh, are boxes. Not small people. Right. We're just a square. Yeah. And he was so tiny that when my grandfather took us to see this movie, uh, I believe well, I, I, we saw a movie at your podunk theater when we were very little. I don't know if this was the one or if my memories are all blending together, okay. but it would be very prophetic if it was. But we saw a movie and he told the story like for the next 20 years where John was so small that he would fold up into the seats. Like, what? My grandfather, <laughs> my grandfather had to hold the seat So he would like lose them? <laughs> He'd like put his grandkid down in the seat and the if, seat would eat him up. If my grandpa didn't hold his hand there, John was so petite that it would he would scrunch up. <laughs> that is adorable. <laughs> he was little. But we loved the little mermaid. We saw it then it was a big it was a big hit. It was a huge hit. Yeah, for absolutely. We kids. Uh speaking of big hits, my number four, and I think it's something that we're going to share, is Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I remember mostly from these movies growing up the songs attached to them, more so than the content of the films themselves. I don't know why, but so Tale as old as time has always like brought me back to a place when I was really young and and the world was my oyster, and I wasn't <laughs> sitting in this basement, sadly, crying into a microphone. For all those years, four times schooling. a week. <laughs> yeah, so. Beauty of the Beast is a great movie. It was nominated for Best Picture, and imagine that for a good reason. Yeah, right, because it is it is one of the best best stories in a while, and I'm surprised that that's capable of happening for a fairy tale story. Right, they they just nailed that one, and the, and the remake made a billion dollars. As the live action ones tend to, despite how you know we tend to feel about them at large. Right. So there's there's a reason for that. I mean, that, that is a timeless story, and it, it really works. It it is going to show up earlier in my list. But before that, Aladdin is my number three. Um, I just rewatched it, and it's hard to look at this movie without the my new eyes. Right. That movie is so economical. It's crazy. Oh yeah. It goes from one movement to the next. I am just like in awe of the story structure of Aladdin. It's ridiculous. And they the most indulgence they take in that film is through the music. But then again, the music is, every song is accomplishing like huge movements in an act. And like, not singing the plot at you. Hellboy and Pet Cemetery would have taken 20 minutes <laughs> to accomplish with what two and a half minute song. Would have been Anagata Davida compared to Friend Like Me. Yeah, that's yeah. a great point. Uh, economical, I feel like, as far as like that mid '90s, that early '90s, mid '90s, that's those our classics. sweet spot. Yeah, too. and they were all that like short and sweet, in and out of the theater, in and out of the VCR, and you had like more than your entertainment's worth. Leave with a song in your head. Yeah. We'll get to in a few minutes. Absolutely. Mike, your number three. My number three is recent. It's Wreck-It Ralph. I-, I was 
raised on television and video games. And so this was like combining those worlds and having seen this movie a billion times because, again, of my niece and nephew and me using them as an excuse that I didn't want to just watch it myself, which is right. the actual truth. <laughs> uh, it's it's left its mark on me. I think John C. Riley might be like one of the more perfectly casted characters in Disney history. He's got a great voice for it. For, <laughs> for that character. Movie. Jack McBrayer, you could say the same thing, too. Yeah, Sarah Silverman. I, how did yeah. she get that high? It's amazing. It really is. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, but Wreck-It Ralph, it's one of the more recent ones. It's near and dear to my heart what about you mike number yeah, two we enjoyed wreck it ralph 2 last year we had it sure in, you know we we gave it a positive review Absolutely. even though we came down on some things of it that was and for what it's worth i do think one outshines two Right. I mean, just as a better movie. It's marketing overall. genius, though, too. So that's well, cool. two is, yeah, two is yeah, absolutely That's cool that in level. your uh, latter years here, you enjoy a Disney anime. I am an old child. <laughs> <laughs> My number two is Beauty and the Beast. For all the reasons I said, yeah. there's a couple bangers in there. Wrong word, but I definitely, <laughs> uh, I definitely think that's a great story and some epic visuals too, like that castle, like the vi- the visuals of Beauty and the Beast. That was, I think, one of the first movies where they used CGI, where they used the, the computer, not just the old school methodology, not of, just writing on the page, of painting it and of drawing it drawing and then painting the page, over yeah. it. And this movie, what they used the computer and they did the the twirl around the dance floor. Yeah, incredible stuff. It was really ahead of its time and really ing- had a lot of ingenuity attached to it. But again, for me at least, the music of that is just. It takes you away, and that's what I think, again, that mid-90s, we couldn't have been raised in a better era of Disney, I think, and that's why I do selfishly label that era our upbringing, because the childhood of us and so many people our age is correlated so strongly with these films. We have done what the Disney animated films told us to do since then, pretty (laughs) much. Pretty much, yeah. For good or for ill, as a society. I think the Beauty and the Beast uh, being nominated for Best Picture kind of gets lost too, and because it was nominated, it had the misfortune of being nominated the same year that Silence of the Lambs swept the Big Five. Yeah, true. But it's no coincidence that everybody has a beard now <laughs> of our age. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's a little fads. They think they come back, they go away, they come back again. It makes sense. Uh, my number two was something that it's actually I think the movie that you and I have highest combined, most on average at least, is Aladdin. Uh, friend like me, Robin Williams. Come on, how can you be a kid during Robin Williams' yeah. heyday and not just be in awe of the man growing up and forever? It's fun that he like introduced himself to our generation after being such a hit in his own yeah. generation, and the, like he did. I mean, I don't know if he had kids our age. I, I don't know if that's true. Zelda Williams, and she's become famous. I think she's a writer, but she's famous in her own right. She's a little younger than us, I want to say, but okay. yeah, for sure. So, I mean, he does Aladdin. Mrs. Doubtfire is essentially, mm-hmm. you know, we're growing up, we're seeing Mrs. Doubtfire. Just, I mean, even Hook. Hook was a fun movie. Yeah, great point. A very corny movie and a difficult movie to rewatch. I'm so glad you say that because I am surrounded by people that like swear by that movie and I it's just never done that. It doesn't do for me what Aladdin has done for me in right. terms of like nostalgia. Yeah, and Aladdin's still there. I was big into Hook as a little little kid or Were whatever or whatever age I was. I think I like Peter 22. Yeah. <laughs> but bottom line is it's a hard movie to like Rufio dribbling a basketball. Rufio! He's not. He doesn't know how to play basketball. That's the highlight. Yeah, it's a the rolling. beginning of West Side Story. They don't know how to dribble basketball. <laughs> Why the hell are we incorporating a basketball? 
That's what kids do on the court, right? They snap, isn't that? They snap, and they dribble it with two, they double dribble every time, and they step with both feet at once every move. Number ones, Mike. I thought your number one was going to make my top five somewhere, and just rethinking of it, I couldn't fit it in, but it's your number one. Go for it. The Lion King. Because it, it's such epic storytelling, and the music is so damn good, and the I, I love a movie that starts with a boom. <laughs> Literally. A what? A circle of life. Boom. <laughs> I mean, the, that credit sequence and the visuals. We just kind of did a Best Original yeah. Song half episode on Lion King. And I was almost in tears because it was so beautiful. And I can't wait to see the new version. Even Just give me the old version with new graphics. Well, that's my question for you. Is there a film in 2019 for you personally with higher stakes attached to it than the Lion King remake? Yeah, Quentin Tarantino's was there is? Okay, yeah, that's, right, that's I mean, where I was going. Listen, yeah. I mean, Toy Story 3 was my number one movie for years ago. That's sure. why Toy Story 4 has got some you know, major stakes, but so far we love the trailer mm -hmm. for Toy Story 4. We, I really like the trailer for The Lion King. I know it's the same movie. I Yes, I want the same movie. The exact same movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know some people don't. I want to see the exact same movie with better graphics. If you change a goddamn Do thing. Do not. <laughs> Billy Eichner, the same tone of voice. We love you, but you better have the same tone of voice. Seth Rogen. <laughs> When I was a young woman. Same. Go, no, come on. You can't. Huh? Thank you. Okay, that, my voice only has so much range. I just have to turn it into the Richard Pryor. You were you know. a close second to that casting. Is what, that's all it was. I, I always turn into Richard Pryor when I do my voice. It's Richard Pryor. Uh, Poorly my, done. My number one, and I've said this before, and it's a movie I watched every sick day from the age of like, I don't know, right. five until I'm not like surprised about this. 32 Cinderella, it's my favorite. I I was always that was it growing up for me. The castle, the dance scene, the songs. I was all Cinderella. You've always done a lot of chores. I mean, I think <laughs> the, all the chores that you do have just made you. I sing empathize. Into bubbles. Yeah, empathize with the chores. When she does it, it's an enlightening and cute children's movie. Right. And when I do it, whenever you're texting me, you're just like, "Oh, I just got through all these to-do list things. I just fixed the vent." It is. You do a lot of chores. I really do. I've never put that together. But talk about a psych class. <laughs> Those are our top five. Obviously, like we said, we want to know your top five or at least favorite Disney Animation Studios Let us movie. know, please. Absolutely. We and know why? If we were close. If we were close to sharing any of these with you, and if not, why? If so, why? Absolutely. We'll turn now, covering uh, the topic that we usually do for half episodes, talk about the best, our top five songs from the Disney Animation Original Pictures. Mike, we have a list to run down just to highlight some. Yeah, so normally I do my research very, very thoroughly, but we kind of added this on today because yeah. we're like, we can't discuss the movies without the songs. So I looked up a top 30 Disney songs on YouTube, and there was a video with 19,011,394 views. So because Mr. Piotr Peter uh, Wozniak, this is P-I-O-T-R-W-O-J-T-Y-N-I-A-K, you beautiful Polish people have <laughs> difficult sounding names. On behalf of all of us. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> he made a great video. It's a great video. I loved every second of it. Yeah. And go click on that on YouTube. We're citing him. So for the first 30 songs, I'm basically, I'm using his list. Yeah. Not I, going with his list necessarily. But. there's something to say when you have just a compilation of Disney songs 
that gets 19 million views. Wow. <laughs> cool. So it does. It's, it's quite the compilation. It's quite the list, and it's quite the video. It runs for over a half hour, so he definitely did his uh, did his part in getting that together. We thank yeah. him. But and then the two of us kind of added a few songs on top sure. of that. Sure. So here's the first 30 or so are going to be straight from that list, and we start with Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. The Bare Necessities, of course, coming from The Jungle Book. Like two of the funkier songs going, right? Yeah, the Bare mean, Necessities, for sure. And Under the Sea, man. Under the Sea plays a steel xylophone i think in that movie in that music how many vacations have you taken or taken in your life you're listening to under the sea on the way to that said vacation uh on my way from phil by phil collins from brother bear i don't know why phil collins is the only name i wrote down from an artist in this he deserves it there's a reason isn't there and I won't say I'm in love, which is like, it should be in the movie Grease. I don't Her- know that one. From Hercules. Can you give me a couple bars? Oh, no. I won't say it. Baba, baba, da, 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 da. I'm glad we did this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that song. I am so humiliated every time you make me sing. You keep making me sing on I this am, podcast. I am making you a better person. I don't sing in my real life. The words you're looking for. Or thank you. The only time I <laughs> sing, Michael, is with you and this microphone's in front of me. I'm not supposed to be singing. Well, at least nobody hears it. Bibbity bobbity boo from Cinderella. <laughs> sing it, damn it! You son of a bitch. Bibbity bobbity boo. Everybody's turned Put us it off. together and what if. Son of man from Phil Collins. Again, you did point out Phil I Collins. I did. He's the only times. one. From Tarzan as well. <laughs> because you misbolded I all did. of these names. I'm sorry. I just have one here, but hi ho. Hi ho. From Snow White. Yes, of course. Just Around the River, Ben from Pocahontas. Hakuna Matata from The Lion King. When I was a young what? I'll stop. Come on! <laughs> Be our guest. Ah, from Beauty, yes. Beauty and the Beast, of course. Uh, Once Upon a Dream from Sleeping Beauty. Very good song. It's another one I don't... And this is what I was most surprised about, going for how attached to the songs from Disney I am. There's so many that were in this list that I'm like, I had to look up or I just plain didn't remember. I was like, right. that's another but one. But once it, it hits your ears... It's, it's right. You're right back there being a four-year-old kid in front of the TV. Absolutely. Uh, Bella Note from Jeez. Lee... <laughs> Bellanote from Lady and the Tramp and uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. We, I just rewatched this song from Lady and the Tramp. How little does this restaurateur have to do <laughs> that he makes a fine cuisine dinner for two dogs at his back porch? <laughs> what the hell is this guy doing? He's literally waiting on them hand and foot and paw. Imagine Gordon Ramsay coming in and seeing this. <laughs> It is absurd, <laughs> and I love every second of it. Ugh, Mike, I don't get it. Hellfire from The Hunchback of Notre Dame is a very serious song about a priest singing about eternal damnation. I'll be honest, I did not enjoy that movie. It's too serious for me overall. It is, it is serious. <laughs> yeah. kind of scary movie, and it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, Baby Mine from Dumbo, the original, a very, you know recognizable melody once again there so listen to that two worlds from tarzan from phil collins not credited in this one just i didn't credit pointing that out uh part of your world from <laughs> the little mermaid as well that's a classic which has a much more catchy whatever melody harmony whatever the hell it is than i ever thought like again i would not have remembered that song how and then... many thingamabobs do you own <laughs> is that part of the song well ariel's got 20 she does have yeah. 20 I didn't watch the whole song. I just, I just watched, I just watched the clip. I didn't know what you said. It's okay, no big deal. Some people may laugh. I want more. Oh dear God! (laughs) 
again, we've ruined Disney for all of you. <laughs> Go the Distance from Hercules by Michael Bolton. How do I cite yeah. Bill Collins and not cite Michael Bolton? Covered that in an episode not too long ago. That's true. Uh, the Bells of Notre Dame. Dom, a, a hell of a song. Amazingly from Lady in the Trap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to just end on your joke there. <laughs> it was perfect timing. <laughs> a Whole New World from Aladdin, of course. We all know that one as well. And I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. Mulan kind of gets lost in the shuffle, I feel like. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, that's it's a not very bad. good movie. Um, You'll Be in My Heart from Tarzan. Big hit. I love that song. You're going to hear it again from my list. Someone named Phil Collins. <laughs> Circle of Life from The Lion King. Another big Another hit. Another big hit. Yeah, these are legitimate billboards. I think I did count this list down, by the way. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, when You Wish Upon a Star, of course, from Pinocchio, and Reflection from Mulan again. Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. Super catchy. Yeah. And Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Appropriately titled, I would say, Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King, or as Elton John calls it, uh, uh, and I want to be like you from the Jungle Book. I think I just blew out speakers. I said no. He's got like the Elvis growl in that song. Can't wait to see uh, Taron Egerton cover that song. He's. For us. Uh, I wonder if that's going to happen. I wasn't even thinking that. I want an old Taron Egerton. See, my thought was, are we going to get an updated "Can You Feel the Love Tonight" from Elton John? Since we brought back, you know, James Earl Jones, why not bring back Elton John for the remake too? Hmm, that could be yeah. cool. Yeah. That could be fun. I don't know what they're going to do, honestly. I, I Here's what I think I'm scared they're going to do. Because so far all the Disney live-action remakes have basically chosen on-screen talent over musical pipes. And basically what makes some of these... Beyonce, Donald Glover, you have all right, some yes, musical stuff. Yes, you have some otherworldly talents. Yeah. But like in the uh, animated features, Disney Animation Studios, mm. they choose the best singers on the planet, pretty much. Yeah, well, they had. We talked about this not too long Broadway, ago. Broadway, everything. Yeah, yeah. From, from especially during the classical period. Yeah, they picked a lot of Seth Rogen is not of that right. ilk as much True. as we love him. They've gone certainly more A-listers. Josh the... Gad does a wonderful job as much as we well, love him. he's a Broadway him. guy, at least. He's a Broadway yeah. guy, but it's not, you know, Adrena Menzel. <laughs> Adele Kazim, I think. Adele Kazim. Yeah. <laughs> that is a joke, but... <laughs> That I remember, because you made fun of it, and I didn't know what it meant, but that's what John Travolta called her. Yes, yes, before throwing to her for her big Can moment on the Oscar stage. What an idiot. You imagine he just, why? He thought he memorized the name? And the next year, they put him together as, like, a joke, the Oscars did, and he, like, just held her face like what Billy Madison did to the kid when he was no. telling him to stay in school. And he just held her face and held it on to it. Doesn't it sound funny. Most, most awkward. It sounds awkward. Yeah, it was weird as shit. So that's John Travolta. Uh, <laughs> where are wow. we in this list? We're, we're down into the ones that we added now. So we have uh, I Want to Be Like You from The Jungle yeah. Book. Friend Like Me from Aladdin, which is obviously we know. Let It Go from Frozen. Obviously. We and covered it. This was a deep cut. Not not well known, but Dig 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 from Snow White is a song I have in my head quite often. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it makes sense. We didn't really cover a lot of the non-canonical films. We looked at True. the popular songs here. Do you think, just on first blush, because you said Oliver and Company has a great song Yes, it does. Why should I worry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you think we missed some great songs? I'm sure... We had to. But that's part of, like, why I'm surprised I, I don't recognize as many songs as I do. Because, yeah. you know, I, th there are certain songs that put you in a time and place, but I, I would have thought I was... 
picking from like a field of a hundred. So, but there's some I just don't remember. This is that Mike, Mike, and Oscar's half-ass top five <laughs> Disney animated songs. No, no do I'm a, not going by when that. We do a full-ass version. <laughs> so you got to tell us what did we miss at yeah. the end of the day before we get into these top fives because we went very popular and we added this last second. Yeah, so we did. This yeah. was uh, this makes me anxiety, Mike, because I usually have to do all the research for you know for some something like this, the list version. Yeah. of our show, and we didn't cover we didn't list every single song that you Disney ever did. So therefore, you failed. I'm, I'm freaking out. Right. Uh, uh, let's talk about a little historical slant on this before, because we are an Oscars podcast. Sure. It's weird to hear that only, only in quotes, 14 Disney songs have won the Best Original Song Oscar category. Four of those 14 actually were from non-Disney animated studio films. Song of the South with Zippity Doodah, obviously the song from Monsters, Inc. The song from Toy Story 3, Randy Newman getting another Oscar thanks to Toy Story. And of course, wow. that song from The Muppets where Jason Siegel was involved in the singing of it in the film. Jason which, Siegel yeah, has an Oscar? I don't know if he got credit oh, for he the Oscar. Yeah, he he's in the film singing it. But it. Uh, we'll talk about some honorable mentions as we did here before kicking off our lists. Uh, my honorable mentions, things that were close but did not make the list for me. A Whole New World, When You Wish Upon a Star, Dig, 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 Two Worlds, not Eye to Eye from a Goofy movie because a Goofy <laughs> movie was Disney movie Toon Studio. But you really like Eye to Eye from a Goofy uh, movie. Everybody likes Eye to Eye from a Goofy <laughs> movie. Uh, and with that as well, the Goof Troop theme was a big part of my childhood. Very good. I'm going to have to add ones off the cuff here. But yeah, <laughs> Colors of the Wind and Beauty and the Beast are pretty epic. And I love those. I did not go with the epic songs, though, for the most part. I went with maybe one. So Let It Go is just that epic anthem. So good. It's an honorable mention for me instead of uh, picking it as my top five. And, and maybe that's a me problem. Friend Like Me was tough to ignore. I because can't you did. I know. I love it. And then I love... Here's the best thing about the new Aladdin. The full orchestra, yeah. big band treatment. I really hope they go Oh, they're forward. blaring it out. I really hope they do. Because for all the bad you can say about what we've seen in those trailers so far, that certainly is a positive. If I didn't have a cold right now, I would try to play the trumpet with my <laughs> Thank you. So, all right. So who's going first at number five? I'll kick off since you did the last one. Number five for me, You'll Be In My Heart, written and sang by a little guy named Phil Collins. Maybe you heard of him. From Tarzan. I was obsessed with this song when it came out. Tarzan, like I said, also was like the end point of my I have to see every Disney movie that comes out. I, I don't remember. Out of I don't remember loving Tarzan, but I know that that soundtrack was just like was the banger. biggest hit of, yeah. of the year. Absolutely. I remember a lot of songs from it. I remember it was a big deal at the time that Phil Collins like was doing the entire thing himself. Like, old white people were in charge of everything back then. Were. And <laughs> they were... <laughs> more in charge, yeah. They were more in charge, and they loved themselves some Phil sure. Collins. Oh, Phil yeah. Collins was everywhere. In our <laughs> Disney Channel, bit not yet MTV, yeah. VH1 brains at this point, we are seeing Phil Collins everywhere at this stage. I Can't Dance. Because of white people. Is a great song. <laughs> Your number five. <clears throat> My number five is a whole new world. Don't Aladdin. you dare close your eyes. I think the uh, the music video w it was just blew me away. And, and like, that best original song half episode, I, it was a big deal. They're like me. two people that aren't like a list names. Yeah, this I remember. This is the half episode we just talked about. Rare vocal yeah. talent. And go go back and listen to that episode. How Disney didn't used to rely on big names, and they would skew more towards Broadway and people from uh, from that ilk. And it yeah. plays in the credits of Aladdin. And I just remember growing up, 
you know, usually a movie ends, I turn the movie off, right? Right. I let the credits play. It was play. a simpler time, yeah. You let the credits play. Right. And even as a kid, you recognize just the range of their voices. Let it play. Gosh darn it. Apologies. I had to take a pause and look it up. The magic of editing. Piabo <laughs> Bryson and Regina Bell. Yeah. Just voices from... Great voices, great song, and again, not A-listers. They had their moment in the sun. I think they also were the ones that performed it on the Oscar stage, if I remember or half so correctly. Pretty, pretty awesome yeah. job. That's me. So number four, Under the Sea, I have a rule of thumb. Anything that uses a metal drum, I have to acknowledge in life. It's a pretty great song. I'm actually going to switch it. It's not going to be as high, because I'm just i remembering something else in the other song. I'm going to change it. But oh, you're I changing love, on the fly here. I'm All changing right. on the fly because I remember another moment. But Under the Sea is hilarious. It's It's got all the personality in the world. It's I love songs sung by like the mentors and the, the other characters, you not want, just the protagonists. You want to learn life lessons through lyrics is what you're saying. I think I do. Right. I want life lessons taught to me. And all that blowfish blow! <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Hakuna Matata <laughs> is my number four, Mike. It's a wonderful From phrase. the Lion King it's it is it has some of the best transitional value in the history of cinema when they walk across that log <laughs> it is the most ingenious like his point. whole childhood summed up by eating bugs going into it and then coming out of it as a major line still eating bugs walking across that log ingenious it's basically simba's uh bar mitzvah there right there yeah eating bugs became a man no worries yeah let's go is that what it means <laughs> i don't know <laughs> They tell you what they what it means. It literally means no words. It, means it was no a words. joke. Oh. <laughs> We've been recording for too long. <laughs> Number three was Friend Like Me, and you're right. I'm very excited about the remake. I'm very excited about every time I hear that song. And the, it's great. Love it. Great. I Want to Be Like You, The Jungle Book is my number three. You're very high in The Jungle Book overall, which I, I did not know this about you. I really I watched it every day. For entire Piaget yeah. phase of my development, so I, I as you've mentioned, I, I think that and Mary Poppins, the two phases, critical phases of Piaget uh, phases of development, those two films. So yeah, that, that's a big deal for me. Uh, my number two is Let It Go, and again, my niece is currently obsessed with Frozen, and it's but a this highlight. This is cool because you're an adult respecting that song. It's so catchy. It's so catchy. And I'm on record saying I think it's one of the top three best original songs of all time. I really do believe that. Uh, it's, it's just great. great. It's a great song. And Athena Menzel, my God, what a voice. It's great. I need more watches. And then I'll probably be my favorite song ever. <laughs> Fair all right. Enough. Under the Sea is my number two. I had it at number one going into today. Oh, you I switched your number one. I switched wow. number one. I'm such a hypocrite. But this is the half-assed version of this list. So it's my number two. Uh, my number one is every song from Cinderella. And you could all bite me. No, fine. You if I have all, to pick all right, one. You also screwed up the list. And you're <laughs> giving I, me that look. If I have to pick one, I will pick a dream as a wish your heart makes because it's what I just like. I wake up hearing that song. I'm so intertwined with the movie Cinderella, the animated Cinderella from 1950. I refuse to see the live action remake. I refuse to acknowledge the hardworking people that portray those characters mm -hmm. in Disney World because they're not real Cinderella to me. Like, I'm just so staunchly and horribly stubborn about this movie. Uh, I, it's, it's really to my detriment. Do you want me to just shatter your reality right now? Please. I don't know. Maybe. Why? What'd you a, do? a dream is a wish your heart makes. Just the title. I've been stuck on that. I heard heard nothing you've said <laughs> the last thirty seconds. You could have you know called out my family. I don't know what you said. <laughs> oh God. Okay. 
Michael, a dream is a wish. What happens with a nightmare? What? What happens with a nightmare? Well, it's, it's a wish your bowels make. <laughs> That's not in the song. <laughs> a dream is a wish your heart makes, but you if you have a nightmare, does that mean you are impure of heart? No, it, it just comes from somewhere else. There's like a fairy godmother and an evil godmother, which is... Holes in the story here, Michael. <laughs> holes in the logic of the Well, the there's world. holes in the logic of, of the, the movie <laughs> where a woman appears from nowhere. Cinematic logic, the wor- the rules of the world. You don't know me! <laughs> I like Cinderella, too. Don't have it on the pedestal. You're number one, please, sir. Be our guest. Okay, so what made you change but, it? I, I just remember... The best part of the remake was Be Our Guest because it hit like a note or two that I loved. And I just liked the before the end when they slow it down and one by one and they slow it down. I, I keep, whenever I sing it, I, it ruins it. So now it's back to number two again. <laughs> Under the Sea's back to number one because I sang it and I didn't like what I heard. Now, Be Our Guest is my number one because of the end of that song. It's just it's so, so great. So it's, it has to do with the live action remake you're saying. The live action remake, but also like the animation in Beauty and the Beast is incredible. It is. So they got those teacups flying around mm-hmm. everywhere, and you're spinning around the room because the computer's involved. Yeah, look great, no doubt, no doubt. But I, so I don't mean to like belabor the point, but the the version that stuck with you is from the live action. I, I know the original song. No, is no, from- the original song. But I, I just I actually remembered the live action remake, and I'm like, wow. I the only reason I like that movie. Really, I mean, right? Unfortunately, that's, that's fair. Is the be our guest song was pretty great. Interesting. I, 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 I like cool. it. You and McGregor pulling it off. Who, who knew? Yeah. All right. Good to know. Another. It's another A lister. Disney going with the name instead of the singer. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's talent instead th- of the singer. Yeah. That's our top five Disney animated studios. The top five movies. The top five songs from the movies. We obviously want to know yours. And again, we're looking forward to kicking off our Pixar cinematic rewatch that whole deep dive we're going to do into all things disney pixar that's coming up as soon as next week we're going to get started with that and give you all those recaps leading up to toy story 4 but in the interim until then we certainly want to know uh if you have any of the favorites if any of your favorites are mentioned here get at us mention them to us you can get at us mike mike and oscar on facebook mike mike and oscar on instagram mm and oscar on the twitter machine mike mike and oscar at gmail.com mike mike and oscar.com and on reddit we're available everywhere you do hear a podcast so tell your friends tune in stitchers soundcloud itunes spotify uh just type in mike mike and oscar you will see our smiling faces waving back at you hopefully our smiling faces will be new for the pixar rewatch that's something to look forward to we'll tease that here uh and let us know your favorites if we mention them like i said if we did or didn't Maybe we'll feature some of your comments in an upcoming MMO Weekly. Give us something to talk about, because like I said, we truly do read and appreciate every comment that is passed to us through any social media here. Michael, with all that said, and all the things we have just said here now, in this far too long an episode, that you <laughs> yourself have just thrown under the bus in the lead-up to the top five songs by saying it was a half-assed job, it, would you like by to... By me, by me. I don't mean by <laughs> us, necessarily. My job, I didn't do the job. Would you like to take this opportunity? to walk anything back 
No, I, I stand by the fact that it's a bit half-assed, but it's still super duper fun. Yes. I think if there's a, a great song from Oliver and Company, there's got to be a, a you know another fifteen great songs from the other movies that we really didn't see. Get, that's a, like I know, get, get the point you're I get the point you're making, but at the same time, that's why I was so surprised that like I know I've seen these movies, I know I've seen Hercules, I know I've seen Hunchback, I know I've seen Sleeping Beauty, but going through these names, I mean, they're not all songs that stick out to me. Winnie the Pooh's got to have a good song in there, no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you would think, but I don't a know. Tigger's a wonderful thing. <laughs> I mean, we didn't mention that. Like, you know, there's a bunch of songs that we didn't really mention. Pinocchio's got more. So, it's a bit half-assed, but Pinocchio's. still super-duper fun. Pinocchio's overrated. I want to say that right How now. How dare you? I just want to say that right here do right you, now. Do you look at my hair and tell me that's overrated again? <laughs> How Italian I am. All right, with the end of this mundane <laughs> ranting here, can we have some words of wisdom, good sir? I just think, you know, you had an impulse to make this, you know, a whole era of these Disney movies about your childhood, right? Accurate. You named an entire era of Disney filmmaking yes. as a historian, mm-hmm. as an Oscar critic. Yeah. Our childhoods. Correct. But I think that's correct for everybody because it means so much to all of us. Yeah. You know, these these movies. And we grew up on them. And now we get the chance to kind of go through Pixar, especially the early history of those. We grew up on those as well. And those had such a, an attachment to, uh, to us. And, and we, st- we still go to see them. Like Up is the best movie of my year. Or, oh or Wally. Or, or uh, Toy Story 3. Or oh. all these great movies. God so damn it. I forgot I'm going to have to rewatch Up. You're in trouble. Kills me. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I got. Bro- I the Inside Out broke me down. I've still never seen it. Ruined my yeah. life. Oh, Ruined boy. my life. This is this is a bad idea. <laughs> All right, guys, look forward to that. So we're gonna good. we're gonna kick off that parade of sadness next week. No, it's it's, it's gonna be fun. It's we, absolutely gonna be fun. That, we got yeah. the happy pill segment. We got the sadness segment. We're gonna do both. We're gonna laugh. We're gonna cry. We're gonna ruin your <laughs> moment, and then we're gonna make it good again. Uh, guys, when reality sucks, you can watch any of these Disney animated pictures or listen to us, and we will check you out next time. See ya.